Hello, welcome to the second episode of Eyes Open here with Riley Zickel. What's going on? Hello. And I'm Shannon Leonard. Today we're going to be talking about things. Let's jump into it. Riley, what you got? I want to talk about motivation. For me, that's been key lately, um, and especially in terms of like healthy living. So mm. for, it's, for me, I'm, I, I'm, I would say that I'm like passionate about just like trying to be healthy. Um, and um, so I guess. Awesome. Me too. Yeah, I love being healthy. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And, and we've always sort of kind of had that, you know, um, but for me, sometimes they're just, it, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of energy. If you really want to truly be healthy in every way you can, you know, that's true. That so, is true. I mean, do you ever find that there's, there's times where like the motivation just isn't there for whatever reason, like to stay like, healthy, to, to always, well, let me just give an example. Let's give an example. Sure. Like for me, the big one lately has been fitness. Mm. Just in general, I used to be remember I used to be very regimented. Yeah, that's, I was like that's a big one for me. Too. Yeah, man, it's a bit. I think probably for a lot of people, you know. But I used to be very regimented. Motivation was not an issue. I don't know. It was just a different time or something. I don't know. It's just in a different space. Um, lately, it has been though, and I've literally like made promises to myself. Like tomorrow morning, we're gonna do it. We're gonna go on a run. I promise, you know to myself and i've literally just broken those just motivation just i don't know anything i'll just procrastinate or something you know you ever you ever have that well yeah but i mean i gotta hand it to you you are way awesome you're awesome on the exercise i mean for me i've, I've been, i guess i've been like a biker i've been biking you know and uh and stuff so i think that's my that's pretty much my entire life thinking like oh i gotta exercise i gotta get that done and just like constantly procrastinating on exercise. So I definitely feel you on that. Although, I don't know. I feel like I've been the best way for me to get exercise is just naturally through life. Like if I just say, okay, I'm going to get out there, maybe go to the grocery store on my bike and just like, because I'm on my bike, I have to haul back the groceries or maybe I go on a walk or do something. I've always felt when I try to like go to a gym or do that it's I, I get sidetracked maybe i shouldn't though maybe i maybe i need to get on that but at least in the past that's how it's been yeah well i mean and that's another thing that just like how much fitness do you really need what is it to be truly healthy in terms of just that facet of health you know what like it's it's a hard one and i don't know i mean ideally it'd be really cool like you said to just be able to just do it just every day like i mean i i imagine like you know just so is as, this, as part of is this something that Oh yeah, it's part. Yeah, is this something that you've been struggling with recently? Like, have it, you been? Yeah, I've been just slacking, dude. I just, just haven't slacking. been doing it, and I can oh. really feel it, man. I can really feel it in like everything about just. The so, what do you think is the is the uh, instigator of this? Great question. Great question. I mean, I guess if I knew the answer, I wouldn't. I could probably just. I don't know. I'd be on. I'd be on yeah. a good track to fix you'd be it. Up, you know? You'd be on the weightlifting regimen right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's hard. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just excuses. But you know, I broke my collarbone. Couldn't really do any fitness for a while. Well, this kind of this kind of links into my yeah. That's it. This kind of links into one of my topics I wanted to discuss, which is sleep. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh -huh. And sleep kind of links into fitness because you know when you're. I don't Another know. Like, all the health. doctors, yeah, the doctors tell you, like, you know, you got to get your exercise, you got to get your sleep, and you got to eat good food. So that's kind of one right. of the things. And for me, I've, you know, I've seen some studies about sleep, and they're all, you know, I've kind of co contradictory studies, actually. Some studies I read early on was like eight hours, eight hours, 
is the typical standard. You should just get eight hours. Everyone says that. But then recently, there's been new studies coming out have actually been saying that a little bit less sleep, around seven hours, seven, seven and a half hours maybe, that's the optimum time, and that any more than hours is actually detrimental. Um, so that's another study that comes out. So, And of course, I think this leads into a conversation about studies in general. But before we get to that, just sleep. I, I, I've kind of gravitated towards the seven and a half. I'm aiming towards seven and a half. So that's kind of one of my things recently is trying to not get more than eight hours of sleep. Um, and I feel that makes me feel better um, in general. Maybe I'll get out in the morning, do some exercise like we're talking about. It gives me more time. So what about, what are you on sleep? Like how much do you sleep? And do you think that correlates to your exercise habits? Um, good question. I don't know if it correlates. No idea. I just don't know. But um, how much do you sleep then usually? Generally, I mean, it depends. Depends what's going on. Right now, it's winter break, so I literally usually I don't even set an alarm. I, I did today actually, though, getting up on oh. a podcast. I'd probably be just getting up right about now if there was no alarm. This would be like optimum time to just naturally wake up. Uh, that's the that's my kind of idea. Um, probably like over nine. Just if I just let it happen, I just yeah. let the whole thing go and just fall asleep and wake up whenever it happens. It's it's usually like a lot. Well, see, that's another study, you know, I think I haven't read it, but I think I heard about it. <laughs> another study, just like follow your body. I guess this is actually just not really a study. This is just a saying in society, which is like, listen to your body. And, you know, mm -hmm. the kind of idea that, well, if you are sleeping over nine hours, if you're sleeping 10 hours or whatever, then that's good for you. Then that's what your body needs. And I don't know if there's any scientific backing in that or not. I'd have to look into that. But it's a kind of nice idea. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a great idea. <laughs> but again, with studies, yeah. like contradict, like what study, like personally, like, do you think there's anything about, like, I, I guess you haven't really seen the difference, but when you hear numbers like seven and a half hours, you hear numbers like eight and a half hours, do you think there's any real difference? Um, you know what? I, I could totally just believe it either way. I would just, to me, I'd have to see like, why? Okay. So like, that's a good, like, why, what is it about when you get more than eight hours? You're saying like, if you, if you can like overdo the sleep thing and that can be really detrimental, like what's detrimental and like, why, you know? Well, that's a good, I'd have to pull up the study to really get a, but essentially what I remember is, um, there is, they just did these, these tests, uh, specifically the tests were eliminating all electronics and eliminating any kind of uh, weird modern societal things like phones and electricity even, like uh, light bulbs and stuff. And they put people in this room and they found that they naturally kind of moved to a seven and a half hour rhythm. Um, and then they said that there was like a higher risk of, I think it was stroke. It was, uh, they found over a long-term study, there's a higher risk of stroke where the people that slept over eight hours. I think that was a separate. So, so those two studies kind of pointed towards the seven and a half hour, uh, ideal sleeping hours, which, okay. but see, here's my thing. Like, I think this leads into the study talk because another study could come out tomorrow and that study could be saying, well, I really need not nine hours of sleep or <laughs> really need eight hours. Right. Right. So, so, right. And I think, I think your question 
kind of nailed it. It was just like, yeah, you really have to look at the data. You have to look at the study and see if it's legitimate or not. Um, right. Yeah. And then go from there. You got to really, yeah. Well, and if you look at any study that's like an actual study, it references like a bunch of other studies. So like in order to, you have to, you kind of have to do that too. You know, you kind of have to read like all the studies and make your own right. thing. But something that um, I have a question is, and which is like, what what are you saying about the the lights thing? Oh, oh. what does it have to do with like electricity? Like, yeah, they, for for this one study that I read, they put people in a room that had no electricity, no cell phones. It was almost like they were living in the prehistoric ages where they just had like food and you know they maybe some exercise, um, but they were away from civilization. They didn't have any electricity or internet, anything like that. And they found that their sleep cycle naturally went to seven and a half hours. But I mean, isn't that kind of weird to like change multiple variables at once like that? Like that's like a light, that's like a jungle style caveman sleep cycle, but we have lights and computers. Dude, I have a fucking stack of hard drives over there. It's just, that's the room I sleep in. You know, it's like, I don't know if that's exactly why did they even do that part of the study? They were trying to see how all the things you just mentioned are affecting your sleep. They were trying to see what the human body and its natural you know, quote, quote, unquote, natural state is experiencing. So they had light, they had sunlight. They just didn't have, you know, light from light bulbs. Right. Um, you know, and they could, so yeah, I mean, so I guess it's just, just seeing, well, what is the human in its natural state sleep as opposed to with all these modern technologies? Well, I mean, did they do the same study with the modern technologies too? Like, did they do a trial like that? That's a good question. Coming up next on Eyes Open Podcast, we will dive into that study. It's like, yeah, well, that'll have to save so that for episode that, three. I'll you know? do some research on that. And well, and the thing about these studies, this is kind of what you're leaning into, is um, the study politics. You know, mm. there's a lot of, yeah. I think, there's a lot of politics. Funding. I mean, if you look at any, if, yeah, I mean, if you look at any major lobby group deal, they have a lot of studies that they're funding. Yeah. It's just, you know, I mean. So it's, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. And you know, it's true. Also people tend people like in the scientific community. I don't know. I don't like, I'm not like heavy in it. I'm just like a student at this point, you know, but just, just from what I've seen, just reading a few studies and just being around it. um, People tend to want to publish stuff, you know? So they just, even if they don't truly, truly have the evidence, like really empirically, then they, they might just like, throw it out there, you know, like, man, it really looks like this. It like, this could, and this is like so revolutionary because we didn't know. And it's so different than what everybody thought. And then it gets a lot of hype and it goes kind of viral, but it's like, you don't really know. And that's, that's happened. You know, that happens with a lot of studies. Like um, in class last semester, we talked about this study where this person got like this protein structure for like um, one of these proteins that had to do with like HIV or something. So it was like this, really really important you know really powerful thing that a lot of people have been working on for like a long time but it was like wrong like we found out later it was just so was that and that's what happens to so many of these studies it's like was there any funding behind that so is i i assume that the funding sometimes inspires people to publish prematurely because they're like hey all these funding groups are behind me might as well get it out there i mean i'm not sure actually how this how this group of people got their funding but I mean, well, that's, yeah, that's a big, was, I think the classic thing is the SALT, the SALT Institute 
is a great example of yeah, lobbyists. Yeah. Because the, uh, you know, the, actually, the U.S. government just released their new dietary guidelines. They do it, I think, every six years or something. Um, and in the dietary guidelines, they say you should get around 1,500 milligrams of salt would be a healthy dose. Uh, and like 90, I don't know, it's the majority of Americans get like three times that. Um up daily. daily. Yeah. It, you know, it's, and, and if you look at what the salt Institute says, they say 1000 is actually 1000 milligrams is actually way too less. You should be having 9,000 or like 7,000 milligrams of salt every day. That's what the salt Institute says. But if you look at who the salt Institute is, they're these three people who have a lot of money from big salt. Um, and so you're kind of like, at first you're like, well, that, that must be just ridiculous. But then you look at what they're linking to and they're linking to these studies that are supposedly, uh, you know, independent, non, non associated. And they link to like 10 of these, you know, 10 of these studies. So I think it, it, and suddenly the line is blurred. Suddenly I'm like, well, okay, the salt Institute may have money, but they're still linking to studies that seem legitimate. You know, the studies still seem legitimate. So who is right? Is the U S government right? And the, and the doctors associated with them or, is the Salt Institute right? And it's hard. To, it's hard to tell. The only thing that tips it off is that well, one of them is being funded by the salt lobbyists. So <laughs> um, that kind of tips me off a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's you know that's a crazy thing. Like the idea of big salt. You know, I don't, I've never really thought about that. Like, oh yeah, big salt guys. <laughs> you, you know, there's salt. big oil and all the you know big auto industries or all these big huge. Dude, things, big, big, big apricot is out there too. Big apricot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that a is that one big too? Cherry. I'm just making them up now. Big. Uh... <laughs> you know what? I, at this point, I wouldn't even be surprised. I know there's big bananas. Like that's a big, big bananas. One. Big bananas. Big beans. It's pretty much big for soybeans. For any for any industry, I imagine I imagine there is a large um, source of money that is funding lobbyists to sway the interests of our lawmakers. And I think that is yeah. something that needs to be talked about more lobbyists. I'd like there to be a movie about lobbyists. I think that would be cool. Okay. Cause a movie just, yeah. that just came out I think that there isn't. It, it, well, actually there's one, there's only one that I, that okay. I can remember. Okay. It's called thank you for smoking. It's called thank you for smoking. It's a great film. Mm -hmm. um, and there's right. only, there's only one. So that's, that's one. I, but we need more of them. Like for example, the big short just came out. This is a feature film uh, about, the 2008 crisis and all the um, the whole housing market crashed and about these guys who figured it out before everyone else. Um, and this movie really, and it's a comedic film, so it's very entertaining, but it explains something that's very mundane. It's like in derivatives and stock language. It explains something that's very complex in a very comedic way. So, and that's sort of kind of like what Thank You for Smoking did, but I think it'd be cool to have some more more films revealing the, the lobbyist world because it's a world that I think really affects all everyone in our day-to-day -day lives and yet kind of goes unnoticed. And, it, and it, it's kind of a, it seems kind of unfair in a weird way. It's okay. It's like, well, everyone can get a lobbyist, but everyone doesn't have the money to get a lobbyist. So it'd be kind of, it creates an un, uh, uh, it's not balanced. It doesn't seem balanced. Yeah, I mean, same old story. Like the the person with the most money wins, you know. Yeah, ah, same it's old like, story. <laughs> man, same old thing, you know. Coming on, but it. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, with with the salt thing, like, 
it's it's hard to know. I mean, it's hard to know. There's, there's so many things. Like well, one way, one way we can know. One way you can spread the information more is through social media and through the internet, through things like Twitter. Um, you know, and here's this is a quite kind of leads. I don't know if you had any. Do you have any last comment? Because here's here's a question I have for you. Yeah, yeah, is please. when are you going to get Twitter? Because you del- so every, everyone listening, Riley Zickel uh, deleted his Facebook, his Instagram, and his Twitter. But everyone knows that you need Twitter, right? Are you gonna? Are you Twitter in Riley? I mean, honestly, man, I'm just. I'd rather not. You you made a really good point at one. We were just talking a, a few weeks ago, and you just yeah. said, you know, it could really just the networking aspects about it, and just if you're trying to make content and share it, that you sort of. It's it's it can be really important to have these things. So for Absolutely. me, it's like, yeah, and that's a, that's the best argument I've I've heard thus far. But here's the thing, man. I'm just gonna wait as long as I possibly can. <laughs> the idea of, I mean, dude, think about. No, I'm with you. Hey, I respect you for that. Oh, First man, of all, don't I, like I respect it, you man. for it. It's, it takes it takes a lot of guts to uh to detach yourself from all these services. So I definitely respect you. But I'm I think the audience wants to know. Uh, when you when you coming back? Because here's a big thing, um, podcasting. We got to get this podcast out there. We got more people listening to it. If you had a Twitter account, if you had a Facebook account, you could be sending this out to all your friends, all your family. They would all get to listen to it, you know. And then we could get this podcast further. And and if you wanted to talk about Big Salt or anything like that, you could go on Twitter and talk about Big Salt. So I'm kind of looping it looping it back to Big Salt, maybe Twitter could be a way that more people discover about the lobbyists. Maybe Twitter could be a platform for discovering um, these kind of things. I mean, I, I mean, I guess that's already there, but it's already being used, but then it hasn't. Well, I think actually there have been huge strides. I think Twitter has been kind of uncovering stories that haven't been talked about. So anyways, moral of the story is we're all excited for Riley to join Twitter once more. I mean, that's, that's cool. And it, 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 it's really useful and you're right. Like a lot of cool stuff's been uncovered. Just the idea that everybody now can talk to each other virtually. If you have, if you have internet, you know, totally. um, which yeah. is, which is really cool thing for me is like, fuck, I'm not going to literally, that's the last place I would look if I'm finding <laughs> info on big salt is like Twitter, dude. Like, and plus that here's another thing. Fair enough. Like, how much of your life do you want to share with other people that you don't like, like in a non, in a kind of a non-personal sense, you know, mm. in like a digital sense for me, like almost none, even, even with content, say I write a song or something. I don't even know if it's that important that other people even hear it. I mean, maybe I'm, that's something I'm thinking about lately. It's like, interesting. You know, well, that's- who, you know who I wrote that song for? Fucking R Zickle, dude. Because well, I like that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, that's humble is what it is. That's humble. Um, you're basically, Riley, you're going against every single – you're going against the tenets of millennials right now because millennials – and this is good. This is a good thing um, because the tenets of millennials seem to be all about posting selfies on Instagram and stuff. And it's really, at the end of the day, about narcissism. And we, we talked about this on the last podcast, actually. We talked about narcissism and social media and how, I don't know, our generation kind of embraces narcissism. Narcissism is now kind of viewed as a good thing. 
in a weird way, you know, taking selfies, taking all this stuff. So right, I think that's, right. that's cool to hear that, that you're thinking about that on a deep level. And cause you know, to be a filmmaker, I think we, I'm just repeating what I said on the last podcast, but to be a filmmaker, you have to be a little bit self-centered to say that, Oh, this is something that someone else should watch. You have to be a little bit egotistical. So I guess as an art, maybe you're just experiencing that you're really going to the root of it, of your, of your creative, creative spirit, which is at the end of the day, of course, when you make, when you make something, it should be for yourself. And yet that narcissistic, egotistical side, that is a very much a part of creative work. Um, definitely. Uh, wants you to show it with the world, wants everyone to see that, wants every single person on earth to see what you made because it's yours. And that's your, it's, it's celebrating the narcissism in a weird way. Um, so I don't know. So I, but I think that's healthy though. I think that if you follow the path that you're on, you may, you may find that you'll, the content you create will be a lot easier to create a lot better maybe. But I think that's why I'm here maybe is to, to help you take that content and, and show it to the world so you can stay with your humble, humble thoughts. Well, Hey, I mean, I, I appreciate that, but, <laughs> but I mean, here's the thing. You could make the same argument for what I'm doing. In other words, you, you could say that what I'm doing is really narcissistic and really selfish because I'm, I'm just doing it for myself. It's all about me, you know? Oh, that's a good, it, you know? And like, it's just for me. I'm just going to do it. And like, I'm not going to share it with others. <laughs> and I, I'm sure some people would argue that it's like, well, you should share that, you know, like why are you hoarding that to yourself? You know? Definitely. Well, that's interesting. That's, that shows that there's a, uh... I guess a word like narcissism, narcissism can be used in, in multiple contexts. It's just a perspective, you know, it's semantics, it's semantics. Yeah. Yeah. It's but just, that's cool. It's just like, it depends on how you look at it. I don't know, man. It's so there's a new, there's a new service that I think I'd, I'd like you to get into. And if you don't want, if you don't want Twitter, I understand, you know what? Twitter, forget Twitter. You'll get Twitter will happen later. You know, you can get on Twitter later. Here's, the new thing that just came out, it's called peach and it's getting a lot of buzz with the tech community. This is an app that's it's, it's a new social network. Um, and it's only for iPhones right now, only for iOS. And it, it's kind of like texting. They kind of made a social network as a texting place. So it's like, you're just texting, but you're texting yourself in your own feed. And then you can see other people's feeds, but just the interface is very cool and it's gotten all this buzz. It's, it's kind of exploding. Um, I don't know. I think you should join it. I'd like you to join it. We're going to have an eyes open petition to at least join this because I, I think it may it may change your perspective on social networks a little bit. So maybe if we uh, we will do an experiment, um, everyone listening now, Riley Ziggle has not joined Peach, but next time you join, he will have downloaded it. And Riley Zick will give you perspective on this new social platform as someone who is not on the other one. So if you want to hear that, check episode three coming up. But back to the current podcast. Riley, what are your first impressions? What are your first impressions on this new social network called Peach? I don't think I'm going to get it. <laughs> yes, you are. It's going to be awesome. See, all the listeners are already wanting it. Trust me. Um, I think I think there's a few things. Why would I want it? Why the fuck would I? Why would I? Because you can. If I want to text you, I'll just text you, dude. That's so cool about me and you. (laughs) Is I got your number, you got mine. Everything's cool. Because 
I'm not because gonna, it's uh, a new startup. It's a new startup, and you can see my you can see all my posts on it. It's like a whole like feed of posts. You know what? I can scroll up and see all your other texts. You know, no, like, but they're not. Those texts aren't on Peach. It's the Peach, and also there's magic. Okay, there's this thing called magic words. You type these magic words. And then like these awesome things pop up, like you can put a date, you can put the weather in there. Anyways, it's worth checking out. Here's the, how about this? How about this? Let's, let's come to an agreement here. Uh, I hope we can come to a compromise. Here's the compromise. At least try it out for the podcast, at least download it, check it out. You don't have to use it ever again. You can delete it if you want immediately, but at least check it out. Add me as a friend. And then next time on the podcast, you can tell everyone what you like or don't like about it. Because I think this is a new social network that it may may be here to stay. I think it's pretty cool. That is cool. You know, I, I want to acknowledge that that is cool. It sounds different. It's different than something I've heard of before. You know, sounds cool. Yeah. Cool interface startup. Uh, that's cool. I like to support that. You know, here's the thing, man. It's just like, why would I get that? Just to get it and then delete it and just. For the podcast. But it's you know what podcast. I'm going to say, man? I'm probably not going to use it very much at all. What if you love it? What if you love it? <laughs> I mean, just think about it, man. It's just, it goes against everything I was just all right, saying. All right. All right. Well, you think about it. Okay, we'll have Riley right. think about it. Tune in on the third podcast and we'll see if Riley downloads it. Yeah, we can um, see if we have No it. pressure. No pressure. It's like, but, I wonder. I wonder if he'll download it, you know? <laughs> Big news. Exactly. Yeah. It would be awesome. It would be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Well, I mean, but that no is pressure. cool, you know? You got some cool new thing, you know? Yeah. Just at least uh, come on, go with an open mind, you know? It's like, it could be horrible. You could delete it and then be no pressure, you know? It's a social media thing. <laughs> I kind of know what it's trying to do, you know? But it's cool. You get to connect with your friends. You connect with me. You get to see the new platform. Um, anyways, it's a, it's very interesting. Um, we'll have to, we'll have to, I think this goes to the root of kind of what eyes open is about. It's Riley Zickel over there. He has a very interesting perspective on technology because Riley, you're a millennial and yet you deleted all this stuff. Like, and you're very, and it's hard to get you to join the new super cool startup app like that. (laughs) That is pretty unique. So I think that's what this podcast, it's kind of interesting because it's like, we have my perspective from the very plugged in. I'm like always on Twitter, always trying to get the new social things. And then we have Riley Zickel who is, I don't know. It's well, you you deleted your social things and yet you're still a millennial. You're a millennial like anyone else. And I mean, but what is it to be a millennial? It just means you're born at a certain time. You know, at the end of the day, we're all just people check out like third yeah, world countries. There's true. no fucking whatever you're talking about is not over there. They're not focused on that. You know, that's so true. Well, Everyone too, you know. It's just like everybody's just people. I, I personally, there are. It's that's just so low on the list of priorities. You know, that's just mm. way down there. And maybe if I complete that whole list, it might do it. You know. But okay. Okay. However, interesting. Interesting. Just, I mean, well, okay. So I like what you say. Just like the kind of idea where I mean, this is something that I think needs to be talked about more in general, just the fact that, yeah, we're all human. Um, there's like, listen, I'm an American, like American flags are great. Go America. That being said, that being said, I think that the idea of a country is kind of ridiculous. Like sometimes we talk about people from other countries as if they're less than us and they're not just like you said, we're all people. We're all on the earth. I don't care if you're American, Czechoslovakian, Lithuanian, um, I don't care. It's like you're a human, right? 
So, and, and I think the idea, and that goes back to millennials as well, the idea of kind of stereotyping, categorizing a whole group of people as something just because of their age or their geography. In the past, you know, obviously discrimination has been shown as doesn't really work. Um, but I think there's been subtle, the subtle discrimination of like age grouping and country grouping. That's something that's right in front of us. And yet we don't talk about that too much, at least. Well, I, I agree. I think it's it's best to just be completely open-minded to like every single person. But I also think it's very, very natural thing to do. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's based on geography. It's true. I, it Human seems nature. like Human nature. Day, yeah, like it's just based on geography, like an, an evolution depending on, you know, how people think about that. You know, it's just like people evolve differently there because of the, the environment, you know, or whatever it was. And it's in, I think it's very natural to try to um, group with people similar to you. And that's, I think that's probably the source of like racism and a lot of, um, really negative things, but I, I do not to say that it's good or okay or whatever, but I think it is a very natural thing. It's also natural to like, try to think about that and, and see how it aligns with, with what you believe in, you know, morally. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it is. It is kind of that first human instinct, but I, I think that what makes humans cool is that humans can be self-reflexive. They right. can look at, they can look at their own decisions cool. and reassess and be like, okay, well, I made that decision, and yet maybe I can go in a different way. Um, yeah, so that's a cool thing about humans. Humans for the win. <laughs> yeah, that is a cool thing about humans. I mean, I think what humans could stand to do a little more is just remember that. I mean, so we do have this self-reflexive thing, but yeah. like, and that maybe that can be. I mean, maybe that's what separates us from other animals or something. It could be, but could it's be. like. I think it's important to remember that I believe that we, we, we just are animals, you know? And mm, like, if you yeah. look at what humans were doing hundreds of years ago, which is really not that long, they were doing, they were just way more like in some ways more animalistic, you know? Um, yeah, no, and, that's true. And if you look further than that, you know, even more so, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's, that's a, a really good point. That's a, well, don't they always say there's like the reptile brain, the, we literally have brains from animals and then we have this kind of human layer that's layered on top of that. Uh, that so, how it is? Well, that's how I always had it described to me in school. You know, you had the reptile brain, you have the, you know, the amygdala and then you have the reptile and then you have the, at the kind of the top, you have the frontal lobes, the decision-making and, you know, the speech. So we're kind of sitting on top of this foundation of, millions and billions and trillions and zillions of years or however long of kind of these other animals. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do feel connected to animals. I think that's why it's good to get out in nature. I think that's why it's great to be out in nature because when you're here in society, sometimes you forget. Sometimes you forget that you're an animal at the root of it and, you know, we're always in our human mode. And yet sometimes it's healthy to be an animal and going out in nature and getting connected with the earth, with the grid of it all. I don't know. That makes you feel more connected to your reptile brain or your, your roots. I would guess that the vast majority of people do not want to connect with that. And so they just don't. And so they don't, I would say that most people don't even know what that truly means to connect to like your animal side, like just because right. 
I mean, who who really does that? It's not yeah. like something that's well, encouraged or something. You, you know? put it, you put it, you put it that way, and it it could almost sound dangerous. You know, connect to your animal side. It, that could it, be crazy. It, yeah. it can be very dangerous. Yeah, I would so say. I mean, in in my context, yeah, you I mean you can you can go out and go in the wilderness and have a good time in the wilderness. That's cool. But if you were became an animal in our human society, <laughs> that's considered a derogatory term. You're like you're an animal, you know. Um, as yeah, opposed yeah. to, as opposed to a positive, I mean, cause there are positives, like you could be like an animal in nature and that could be a cool thing. Well, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe the source of like a lot of these, I, I don't know, like animalistic quote unquote crimes. Um, maybe if these people that, that, you know, perpetrated these crimes, just spent a little more time in nature and just allowed themselves to just be whatever they needed mm. to be. Maybe yeah. it happened less. I don't know. It could be. But here's something to remember. It's like, if you ever, what's our closest relative? Like chimps. And right. so if you look at chimps, dude, it's pretty fucked up. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I've never like sat down with any chimps and like, you know, seen their perspective on things really. But if you just look at like what they do. Their behaviors. They eat and fuck and they tear apart other monkeys by the ribs while they're alive. It's like, this is our closest. That's us in a large sense. And yeah. look at what's happening in the world. There's never been a time ever, I don't think, where we're not just killing people. Always. Always trying to kill somebody, you know? Yeah, wow. Just Ooh, comes down to heavy. who it's it, heavy. But that's who we it's are. true, though. It's true. That's all of us in a certain sense. Well, yeah. hopefully, hopefully... And this is kind of what some science fiction writers have talked about in the past of, you know, actually Billy Keishnick Mulligan, which I hope we have on the podcast, oh, great told guy. me about this, told me about this on how right now we're in this, the, there's different levels of society. There's like, there's level one, there's level two, and there's level three. Right now we're at zero. <laughs> we're at level zero. And level one is, is as like a planet, as planet earth. Um, and level one is kind of global peace. We all get along. We figure out how to network together. And so we're at level zero right now. And the science fiction writer is saying like that transition from level zero to level one is the hardest, but that's what we're in right now. And if we make it through that, that would be cool. Okay. But dude, I mean, where are these levels even coming from? Like in what world ever is there like, <laughs> Who came well, it's a science with- fiction, science fiction writer. This is what Billy was telling me about science fiction. And then like level two is we go out to different planets and galaxies. Level three is, you know, we, the universe. I don't know. But why do they happen in this order of levels, though? I mean, when I mean, we're already trying to explore other places, you know, and we're we're killing each other at the same time over it even, you know. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, you're right. You're, they're not mutually exclusive. I was hoping they were mutually exclusive. See, I guess it's just the science fiction writer. It's, you know, it would be great to have a world where first we achieve world peace and then we can like get off the planet, you know, and move there. But you're right. Maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe it's going to happen more of in a staggered uh, pattern. But I don't know. We visualize. What do you think about visualizing your reality? What do you think about that? What is that? It's like people, some people are like, well, if you visualize, whatever you think about will become reality. Like if you think about something okay. too much, mm-hmm. you're kind of visualizing it. Like manifesting do, do, things. And like, I get, yeah. Like, kind of like a manifest destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what do you think about that? I don't know. I, I tend to sort of believe it uh, to an extent, you know, I think if, um, yeah, yeah, me too. 
Me too. It, it's kind of like against my instincts. Like I'm, my my logical mind is like, well, technically it shouldn't really have any reaction to the <laughs> world around me if I think about it. Right. But like just my gut, just my gut instincts tell me like if I visualize something, if I'm always thinking about mm. this company, I'm going to make a company and it's going to do well, like that's what happens. And that seems to be what happens with my my endeavors. Like I start thinking about something a lot and then it becomes reality. I've just seen that in my experience. Um, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense, actually. You know, like if you're if you're manifesting something that you want, then then you kind of put yourself in a certain mindset to achieve that. You know, if that makes sense. You yeah, know? that's true. Because that's true. Because you're kind of believing what you're doing on a, on another level. You know. So it could almost be like a placebo or a psychological. Yeah, like psychological. Because yeah. I guess because some people I think really buy into it. They really buy into it. They're like, listen. You do this, it's going to happen like on a physical, which I think is nice. I mean, sometimes belief in something like that helps it. I guess that's the that's the definition of a placebo. The belief. True, true belief. The, yeah. yeah, true belief can actually make real change. Yeah. That's what a placebo does. Well, and the power of one psychology, man. I mean, at, um, I was listening to Joe Rogan. There's this episode um, with Wim Hof, you know, about Wim Hof. Ah, no. I'll tell you about him. So he's this, you got to listen to this episode. Everybody should. It's this great, it's probably kind of older now, but um, it's this episode of the Joe Rogan podcast with Wim Hof as his guest. And Wim Hof is this guy, um, you might know him as like the Iceman, but he. Oh, oh, wait, I think I did. I did hear that. Oh, nice. One of my favorite episodes. But yeah, I mean, his whole thing is like this big, it's like this breathing technique and he can stay under, he's, he has the record for like being under the ice, like swimming under the ice for the longest. And like he climbed Everest with just shorts and like no shirt on and wow. stuff. I mean, he had like boots and crampons and stuff, but I mean, dude, I, I don't think he summited Everest, but I, I mean, he. Hey, the point wow. is the power of one psych. He was just saying, like, with this breathing technique, you can pretty much tap into this whole other part of um, existence. Kind of um, really amazing guy, and just he seems, he sounds like such a kind-hearted, just cool guy. He kept telling Joe Rogan that he loves him. I just thought that was so <laughs> cool. Was, anyway, but you know, what? I did I did hear about this guy. Yeah, um, this and actually awesome. specifically, I heard that he kind of he's now he he did all that, but now he sells. His, as a product, he sells this breathing technique as like a course that you can do. Yeah. So now he's monetizing his his course. But I think Kevin Rose, a prominent uh, entrepreneur yeah. in the tech industry, just made a YouTube video about the Wim Hof technique. And he was praising it. He was like, at first, Kevin Rose was a little bit skeptical. And then as he did it, he loves it. And he told everyone to do it. Um, so that's that's cool. You know, I respect that. It's always... It's always with these things where they, they sell you courses and they sell you like life coaching things. It's always like, because uh, a lot of them are trying to swindle you. But this guy actually seems legitimate. Like, hey, well, you know what? You you climbed Everest or whatever. You know, I got to hand it to you. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe you have something that's cool. And dude, and the, the, the people have taken his course. He's He's had people with cancer and like uh, multiple sclerosis climb Everest too. And they've done Whoa. it. Yeah. And like Whoa. within his style and they've, they've done it. And like, it's, it's incredible. I mean, it's all, it's really, it seems so out there. Like, why would you ever send somebody with multiple sclerosis up that huge mountain? They're just, they're like gonna die kind of, you know, I hate to be an ass, but it's like, yeah, like, let's just, you know, concerned about that person or, you know, whatever. It's just like, but 
I mean, in the face of that, he. Did. I've heard. You know. Yeah, that's awesome. He did it. Well, I've heard it's mostly it's it's kind of this breathing technique that's at the core of it, and also right. these cold right. showers. Apparently, it's like you do these cold showers and then these breathing techniques. And Kevin was saying how he was just feeling like awake and alert all the time. It's like you know how one day a year you wake up and you feel totally rested, totally alert. He says that you feel like that every day when you do this. I mean, is it that simple? Is it like we could just start breathing all cool and all of a sudden everything's just all the fog is lifted? It's like for nine payments of whatever yeah, the price yeah. is, you know. <laughs> so did Kevin Rose so take this course from Wim Hof? Yes, he is currently taking it. I think he was like three weeks into it, oh, wow. um, I believe. and But he didn't finish. He was like in the middle of it and he was really excited about it. So he was telling everyone. Do you need to take the course or can you just start breathing and start doing showers? Is there like a thing online? You could probably just look it yeah. up how to do it. You know, there's a free, there's a free one. There's a free course you can take just to get used to it. But Kevin said that really the breathing techniques, the specific breathing techniques are revealed once you pay the freight. So, huh, I mean, interesting, it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. It's always like, Oh man, it's like, it sounds like too big, too good to be yeah, true. It sounds so good. Yeah. It sounds too good. To be too good to be true. But yeah, but there you go. We know our eyes are open here in the eyes open podcast. And uh, I think this podcast is too good to be true. Maybe so. I am. <laughs> well, thanks for watching. Um, thanks for listening. Is there any, you know what, is there any last things we have? So we made a list. So this is the kind of the, the format for the podcast. Riley Zickel, Shin Leonard here making kind of a list on things we're talking about. We're just naturally talking about things. These are two 20-somethings having conversations about life. Um, so what about your list? Do you have anything else on your list? I got some more things on my list, but I don't know if we should just delve into a whole new list. Thing, I don't know. know. Yeah. I may have to wrap another this hour. I may have to wrap this up. Yeah. I have to you know, go off and do my startup world life here in Los Angeles, California. Where are you? Okay, uh, well, tell yeah. the listeners where you are. I'm in Freestone, California, awesome. Northern California. Awesome. Beautiful we're place. here yeah. broadcasting on Blab, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you're listening. You're awesome. Be sure to hit subscribe because we're going to be doing this often. Me and Riley Zickel, we're the podcasting masters at this point. Episode two coming in hot. <laughs> so, All right. yeah, have a good one, everyone. Thanks for listening. And until next time, it's eyes All open. Right. Eyes open.